Welcome to Audacity Works, a podcast inspired by and dedicated to the working artist, the creative entrepreneur, and generally doing the damn thing. This exists on the premise that the world belongs to those who have the audacity to believe that their lives have value. This is for you. Welcome to Audacity Works. I am your host, Rachel Strickland, and this is episode number 53, in which we're going to talk about pleasure, restorative activities, and the different kinds of rest. But first, let me wish you all a very happy November, and we are now firmly within Scorpio season. So happy November, everybody. I hope everybody's little uh, holiday gigs, uh, Halloween gigs went well, if you had them and if you wanted them. I had two, and they were lovely. Um, although the rig did fall on my hand. this That sounds worse than it actually was. It was a bundle of legs, and yes, the legs were steel, so yes, it hurt. And my hand is bruised, but it is not broken. It was just a freak accident because those things happen. And you can never move too slowly, I guess, when you are setting up or tearing down from a rig. But the performance went well. My hand is fine. Um, the people that hired me were happy, cried a little bit, always happy to make someone cry. And I got to bring a giant poster of Bernie. Bernie's my cat, if you're new here. And I was performing for PetHelpers.com, which is an animal adoption uh, site and organization and it's a nonprofit, and we were raising money and we did like a lot of it so huzzah so since Samhain that's Halloween for you non-witchy types uh, it's come to a close and that is the third harvest in the wheel of the year and it's just before we start prepping for the long dark of winter and hopefully the rest and restoration that comes during that time this, uh, this episode is a request, and it's a request from a couple of people, namely my friends Jen and Sean, both wrote in separately asking about restorative practices and asking about different kinds of rest. This is something that I've been addressing uh, in on my email list, uh, which I write to pretty frequently, and I love to ask questions and gather the answers, and we've been investigating pleasure together as as something to be prioritized. And that led to us creating together a big list of pleasures. And everyone was invited to add to this list. And there are over 200 items, 200 separate pleasures that people have helped compile onto this list. And it's wonderful to peruse. And that kind of got me thinking about active pleasure versus passive pleasure, particularly because I've been thinking about addiction quite a lot and that uh, addictive activities, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that unless they have harmful side effects. An example of an addictive activity with a harmful side effect is smoking. Everybody knows this. So why do people smoke? Because it's pleasurable and it's pleasure that you don't have to work for. It requires little to no participation on your part, as most passive pleasures do. It just, you sit back, you let the chemicals do their thing. Drinking wine is another good example. Netflix and chill is another good example. None of these things are inherently evil, depending on how you consume them, but they are all passive. And they're like my favorite things to do. Uh, not smoking, I'm not a smoker. But 
you know, I love a Netflix marathon and it's gotten kind of to the point I can stand back and watch myself. I'm like, this is literally my go-to thing that I like to do. And I think I would like to have more active pleasures at my disposal. So now I have this huge list of pleasures and I'm going to republish this list on November 2nd. That's tomorrow because this episode airs on a Wednesday, uh, November 1st, 2023. So tomorrow, November 2nd, 2023, uh, Woo Corner is coming out for the month. And I'm also going to republish both the big list of pleasures and the list of restorative practices, which I'll tell you about in a second. So if you want to get in on that, uh, it's going out at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So you have a little bit more than 24 hours from the moment this episode drops. The link is in the show notes. I would love you to have access to this. All you have to do is just sign up for the list. You can always unsubscribe directly after. I won't even notice, so no worries. So passive pleasures are really easy. Active pleasures are a little bit harder because they do require active participation from you. So having this big list has been really helpful. And then uh, I've started thinking about restorative practices, which are different they're not the same as pleasure for pleasure's sake, even though they can be pleasurable. The difference is a restorative practice expands your capacity. They can be pleasurable, but pleasure isn't the only part. Or, sorry, it's pleasure isn't the only point. The point is restoration, refilling the well, recharging the batteries. And in my, uh, in my VIP mentorships, which are one-on-one, people frequently arrive to those exchanges vastly depleted and in need of recharging. And they're either burnt out already or very dangerously close uh, to burnout, which really requires a lot to come back from. And an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure when it comes to burnout and most things. So one of the things that I would ask them to do is to make a list of restorative practices that they could do to refill their well. But this didn't always have great effects because when you need restorative practice, you don't have the energy to think about activities that you find replenishing. So while they always did come up with a list of at least five things, and then that list was useful to them when they didn't have the energy to try to remember these things. They could just look at a list and be like, what did I say was replenishing? Oh yeah, that. I'll go do that for a while. But they were already burnt out. And, you know, the best time to learn how to swim is before you're drowning. And that includes restorative practices and activities that refill your batteries. So since 1,077 brains are better then my one, I took this to my mailing list and I asked, what are your favorite restorative practices? And we talked about the difference between those things and loosely defined, we decided that uh, a restorative practice left you feeling better than you did before. In very vague terms, it expands your capacity. And I got a lot of great responses and I compiled them into another list. I deleted um, I deleted repeat entries and I've just put them all into a Google sheet. And that sheet is also public and I'm going to be sharing it tomorrow 
November 2nd, uh, along with Woo Corner uh, in my email blast that's going out tomorrow. And this list is gold. It contains things that I never would have thought of, and I feel really happy to have access to it. I want you to have access to it too, just in case, you know? It's just helpful to have a list of shit that's replenishing that you can just look at like a menu because when you're depleted, you don't have the energy to think of these things. So I'll share a couple of them with you. Um, By far, the most often repeated one that I got was walking outside. Absolutely no one said walking on a treadmill because it isn't necessarily just the walking, it's being outside. I think I heard uh, that choice at least 10 times. Number two most often mentioned was any kind of physical activity. And this could range from playing a sport to gentle stretching to taking a class that's being led by someone else so you don't have to be in charge of making the choices. Or just taking five minutes to move intentionally between tasks. So walking outside was number one. Number two, physical activity of any kind. Number three, journaling, writing things down. Some people said morning pages. Some people just said mental vomit on the page. But they all had one thing in common, which was sitting down and writing about stuff. Just like, just writing. How are you feeling? What are you thinking? Writing. Number four was a hot bath. And some people really like Epsom salts with these. Some people like music. Some people like candles. Uh, Also, saunas were a popular addition. So number four, baths. I love a bath. I think it's a great reset. As well, I have uh, have Raynaud's syndrome, which sounds scary, but it's not really. It just means that the, the capillaries in my fingers and toes clamp down when they get cold and Uh, When it's really cold, they can turn this sort of like light minty green color that's kind of alarming. And to get rid of it, you get them warm again and warm water or or hot water. If you're like me and want your skin to basically burn off is the best uh, remedy for that. So in the winter, when it's harder to keep myself warm, even here in South Carolina, hot baths are the way to go. Such a reset. And number five, most popular option for replenishing activities is reading fiction. Just reading for pleasure, not for education, not a self-help book, not the news, oh god save us. Just reading for pleasure. I'll read you a couple more of these just because it gives me such joy uh, to look at this list. Um, Daydreaming, very popular option as well. Cuddling an animal, going to look at the ocean, manual labor, sleep. I was surprised how seldom sleep was mentioned. And I hadn't even thought of it. Some, like, like two people wrote in, they were like, sleep. And I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> the OG replenishing activity that I didn't even think of. In fact, uh, Ramit Sethi, one of my favorite uh, internet thought leaders on personal finance and psychology, He says, if all you have the energy to do is lay on the couch and watch Netflix, sleep, which is great advice and advice that I find absolutely impossible to follow. 
Sleep is not a talent of mine. Waking up is. So I've been learning to sleep. I've been learning very slowly over the past five years. And uh, cracking that code and learning how to sleep through the night is amazing. Like, do other people know about this? I kind of feel like I invented it and that it's going to make me super rich. But obviously, you know, we need to sleep uh, as well. If you're trying to learn new things or and or build muscle, sleep is doubly important because most of the learning process happens while we're asleep and muscle recovery happens while we're asleep. So when we're not doing that, we're like, why aren't I getting any stronger? Also, why am I having a hard time retaining this information? It's because we're not sleeping. That neuroplasticity requires rest. And rest is important enough for me to ramble about it for this whole 20 minutes. Pleasure and rest. And speaking of rest, that kind of leads me on to part two. And this is where my friend Sean wrote in. He reminded me, actually, I I used to coach Sean uh, when I taught Ariel in San Francisco. And he says he still quotes to his students something that I told to him. Rest as hard as you train. I want you in your comfiest sweats on a couch with a pint of ice cream and a Netflix show to be binging. (laughs) And I've no doubt that I said that and I stand by it. But let's investigate further, shall we? Now, Sean shared with me a link to... Um, A a pretty short article that's entitled The Seven Different Types of Rest. Embrace these seven types of rest. And it kind of divided rest up into different categories because we don't always need to be resting the same things. And I really enjoyed it. I thought it was interesting. So I'm going to link that as well in the show notes. And this article which is from mindfulhealthsolutions.com. Not familiar with the website, but I do enjoy this article. Uh, The seven types of rest uh, they're talking about are physical, mental, emotional, sensory, creative, social, and spiritual rest. And I think it's useful to sit down and sort of ask ourselves, where is our energy the most finite? Especially if you're tired and if you've been tired and you're tired all the time, which most of us are because we live in late stage capitalism. So what is the what is the energy resource in which you are the least abundant? Um, for me, the most finite uh, energy is physical energy because it's dictated by my body, by the meat suit. And in terms of physical rest, uh, this uh, the article says, you know, stretch take a nap, so sleep again, get a massage, you know, take a break, go for a walk. Not all of these are just laying down being, oh my God, I'm leaving all of this in, by the way, because humanity, you don't have to be lying perfectly still. You can still be moving and achieving physical rest, just not, you know, like lifting weights. So for me, this one is pretty easy uh, to accomplish. I've made my peace with it. You know, when I was in my early 20s, I was like, no resting ever. Uh, Now I love it. And I know how important it is and that nothing's going to be accomplished without it. So physical rest, resting the meat suit. Um, For me, the second two energies that are most easily depleted are mental focus and emotional energy. 
I believe that uh, particularly emotional energy, and that's probably because of the nature of the work I do in coaching and mentorship does involve a lot of emotional labor. And it's something that I'm very good at and that I really love doing. Also, I know that it is, it's finite. The amount that I can do in a day is finite. So mental rest, taking a break from mental stimulation, problem solving, The article recommends things like turning off your phone, which I'm a big fan of. I haven't had notifications on in like four years. Basically, it's saying avoid screens, which is not bad advice. Emotional rest is taking a break from emotional demands like emotional labor. I think uh, the best way to rest your emotional energy is one of two ways. One, be by your damn self and be quiet or talk about your feels. I think emotional energy uh, is so easily depleted because uh, it can be very outward. um, And then we don't, we're not actually processing the things that we are dealing with in our own emotional states and dealing with those emotions can be exhausting, but it's, it's also better (laughs) than just waiting for it to quietly die in the corner. It's not going to die. It's just going to be suppressed. So getting it out, you know, Talk, talk aloud, talk to your dog, talk to a trusted friend, journal, sit quietly, emotional rest. I think this is probably a good place to point out that, uh, like I, you know, I mentioned that old axiom before, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. If you are living in outrageous circumstances that require constant emotional labor from you just to survive... I don't think any amount of restorative practice is going to be as effective as changing your circumstances. Much easier said than done. However, infinitely more effective than self-care practices. I mean, real self-care is changing your circumstances. And I know I'm speaking in extremes right now, but I just wanted to point out that sometimes it's not adding more practices that's the best medicine for you. Sometimes it's giving something the axe. So something to think about. Sensory rest is the next thing uh, on the article. And that's not something that I ever really think about. But, uh, you know, I'm used to it because we're all constantly stimulated all of the time. And again, they're recommending things like taking a break from screen time. Um, my friend Sean actually wrote in um, using float tanks is amazing. I've never had a, an experience in a float tank. Have you? But I either think that it would be horrifying or spectacular. And I'm not sure I'm ready to find out. But yeah, let me know. Have you have you ever been in a float tank? Kind of want to know what that's like, but not enough to actually try it myself yet. I'm going to skip number five and come back to it. The sixth kind of rest is social rest, taking a break from all of the peopling. You know, there's so many peoplings, uh, especially if you identify as an introvert. I do. And one of the suggestions is actually having a picnic by yourself. I love that. That's actually my favorite artist date activity is to pack a picnic lunch, take a walk and go and sit by myself and eat it and look at a tree. Very pleasant, very restorative. The seventh type of rest is spiritual rest. This is the one that I have the least amount of experience in. 
They define it as spiritual rest means taking a break from the spiritual demands that we face every day. It can include activities like meditating, prayer, engaging in a spiritual practice, spending time in nature, uh, etc. That definition, spiritual, spiritual rest, means taking a break from the spiritual demands that we face every day. I gotta say, I don't feel that pressure. I don't feel spiritual exhaustion. And I wonder if that means that I'm not engaging as much as I could be with that aspect of my humanity. But I'm also not super involved in that question. I think I have been spiritually exhausted before, particularly uh, like when I was 18 and 19 and in the throes of a deep spiritual awakening. And it's funny now that I'm thinking about it, I'm actually like remembering that time very fondly, even though it was utter chaos and very exhausting. But I was like, hmm, it was fun. Waking up is fun. So it's good food for thought for me. But I saved number five for last because shockingly, I have more things to say about it. It's creative rest, taking a break from the constant creative demands that we face every day. And I wanted to talk about creative energy because I think it's different from any other kind of energy and any other kind of rest. What makes creative rest unique is that you can refill your well of creative energy by using creativity. There's no other energy that I know of that responds in this way um, for my for myself and in my own lived experience. But if I'm creatively depleted in terms of let's let's just say aerial work, if I've been choreographing an act, working on an act, that's it, got a deadline, but I'm tired and creatively I'm depleted. I can refill that well by doing something creative in a completely different discipline, like cooking dinner. Not a great example for everyone because not everyone likes to cook, but I do. It's creative problem solving that does not require a lot of brain power. Or doodling, or making some finger paints, or singing a song that you've known for a long time. I just think that's amazing. Like, you can replenish the well of creative energy by using creative energy just in a different way than your primary discipline. Incredible. And it also just more firmly underscores my belief that we are hardwired to create. Birds make nests, beavers make dams, humans make meaning, and we make meaning by way of creating things. Looking at the time, I'm going to wrap this up today. I wanted to say thank you to my friends Sean and Jen for writing in with such an excellent topic and sending me down the rabbit hole of investigating uh, rest, restorative practice, pleasure, uh, and letting me report back to you. So if you want to see these lists, the big list of pleasures and the big list of restorative practices, uh, follow the link in the show notes. It's coming out tomorrow, November 2nd at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for sitting with me, for listening to me, and for being here. Extra special thank you to my wonderful patrons for supporting this work and making this and so much more that I do possible in the world. Thank you for being here. Thank you for standing with me. If you have further requests, you can find me on Instagram at Rachel Strickland Creative or on Patreon at 
Rachel Strickland Creative. Happy Scorpio season. Don't go back to sleep. Or maybe do, because maybe you need some sleep. Okay.